Culture is the beliefs, the customs uh, of a particular society, group, place, or time. It's a way of thinking, behaving, or working that exists in a place or an organization. It's the set of shared attitudes, values, goals, and practices that characterize an institution or an organization. So when I'm talking about the culture of the church, I'm talking about what we believe, what we practice, how we act, the things that we share in common, our common goals that we're working toward together as a corporate body. I mean, all of you should have personal goals. You should have family goals, business goals. But we have church goals. And so as a church, as a body, we have things that we're working toward to see be fulfilled. And so when you get into the culture of the Lord's house, man, you just have to be a part of it. And uh, part of the culture of the Lord's house is prayer. We are founded upon prayer. I mean, Matthew 21, 13, as it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Amen. Jesus said this when he went into the temple and they were buying and selling and doing everything and he turned the tables over and whipped them and he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer but you've turned it into a den of thieves. Listen, we don't want to turn the house of God back into a den of thieves. We don't want to be just all uh, about, you know, what everybody wants and politically correct and this and that and seeker friendly. Listen, I'm all, I want to reach people, but we want to keep the standards of the house of God. And what are we all about? We're about praying. I know many, many churches have take the, taken altars out of the church. They have no time to come to an altar and pray. Even if you don't have, I mean, you don't have to have a specific altar, but they don't even have a time to even come to the front. No, no time to make a move. They preach God, they preach messages, but never give people opportunity to pray and accept Jesus. Lord, help us to always have time to pray. So we want corporate prayer and we need personal prayer. Amen. If you're going to be a part of the culture of the Lord's house, be a prayer, a prayer. Pray. Bill, learn to pray. Because as you're out there praying, when we're all individually praying during the week, when we come together, the power of God's going to be in the house. Can I get an amen? But man, if none, if nobody's praying, you come in, and I mean, I mean, it's like priming a pump. And we gotta, we gotta work and work and work to, to get up to where we whew, just feel like we get the car started. But if every one of you would come in here prayed up, amen, with the car running, with your foot on the gas, amen, with it on the brake, amen, all of a sudden the first song starts, you let off the brake, away we go. There's no pumping or priming or getting, listen, we're prayed up, we're ready to go, and it's exciting. So part of the, 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 the culture of the church is prayer, and we want you to be a part of that. Pray. Look at your neighbor and say, pray. We can talk about prayer, preach about prayer, read about prayer. But until you pray, you haven't prayed. Huh? You can listen to me talk about prayer. You can listen to me pray. But you haven't prayed. You've got to pray. Part of the worship, the, the culture of the Lord's house is worship. We just talked about it. Worship. Coming together to give God honor and glory. To give Him the glory and the honor that He deserves. 
John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, But the hour cometh and now is, when true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. We don't want to worship in the flesh. Uh, but you know, sometimes you got to make your flesh worship. Huh? Sometimes you work, so you got to... Listen, did y'all know you don't just do stuff because you feel like it? If you did stuff just because you felt like it, how many of you are going to get up and go to work tomorrow? Nobody's going to feel like it, but you're going to do it. You're going to do it because it's the right thing to do. You're going to do it because you have a job. You're going to do it because you have responsibilities. You're going to do it because you need the money. And you're just going to make yourself do it. Sometimes you come into the house of God and you don't feel like praying, but you make yourself pray. And then as you pray, you feel like it. And then you don't feel like worshiping. You don't feel like raising your hands. You don't feel like clapping your hands. You don't feel like singing, but you tell yourself, self, it's not about what you want. It's about what he wants and he inhabits the praise of his people. And I'm going to give him what he deserves. I'm going to worship, and as you begin to worship, then you'll feel it. Then you'll get out of the flesh, and you'll get in the spirit, and you'll truly, maybe you just started out worshiping, not feeling it, but all of a sudden you get over in the spirit, and man, it'll take you into a lot of wonderful places. Worship. Part of the culture of the Lord's house is fasting. It's not talked about much anymore. A lot of people don't do it anymore. We hear a lot of churches, a lot of people, but nationwide and number-wise, very few people, oh, that's, that's, that we don't need that anymore. We, listen, there's something about fasting and praying. There's something about when Jesus said, we talked about it last week, when they couldn't cast the devil out of that little boy, Jesus said, bring him to me. I mean, if you can just believe, it's because you're unbelief. He said, this kind goes out only by prayer and fasting. There's some things, listen, there's some decisions. Dear, and this shouldn't be the only time you fast. If you need to make a big decision, don't make it without spending some time praying and fasting. Give up a meal or two. If you're getting ready to buy a house or buy a car or get married or change jobs or you're get, any major decision... Me and my wife, we've been talking and budgeting and looking. And so now we're going we're gonna to begin anytime if she wants to go shopping now, she's going to fast and pray about it. <laughs> is, is, this, is this really what the Lord wants me to do? <laughs> well, listen. Listen, there are some things you don't have to fast and pray about. I mean, if you've got the money, buy it. But you know what? Sometimes you need to tell your spirit, your flesh, No. You're trying to save money. You got, but big decisions. Don't change jobs. Don't you know? Don't don't mess with family stuff. Sometimes if there's a big decision, take a couple of days, take a meal or two, fat, deny yourself, get with the Lord, fast and pray and read your Bible and get a clear direction. How many's ever made a decision and then wished you hadn't? Of? Well, all most of the times when we do impulse stuff. When, especially if you act out of uh, anger or, or, or when you're tired. I tell you, I'll never make a decision when you're tired, when you're hungry, or when you're mad. You'll make the wrong decision. Okay? So fasting and praying will help you 
kind of get everything in order and then you make the right decision. Amen? So we want to be a church that fasts. We, we, I don't have to tell you that. We just, we just did that. And, man, majority of you stood. And so, you know what? You're, you're doing that. And I say thank you. Uh, we're, we're a, our culture of our church is giving. So we're, we're about fasting, we're about praying, we're about worshiping. I mean, it's what we do, it's what we do as a corporate. And you know what? And I want you to get involved in those. And what we do is also about giving. We talked to you about giving last week. And, uh, but so I'm not going to talk on that side of it. I do say, please pick up your giving statements again. Uh, we, this, today's the last day. Uh, many of you were here last week. You're giving still on the table. We'll have to mail it to you. <laughs> Save us 50 cents and pick it up today. If you gave $1 and marked it, it's back there. So, but look at it and say, is this my tithe? But here's, here's what we do. Part of, what are our offerings that we give at the Lord's house? Number one, tithe. We want to honor God with our tithe. 10% of what we make goes to the Lord. And we showed you that last week and those numbers and they're not where they need to be and that needs to come up. And so, you know what? You pray and you do your part. Then there's offerings. What are offerings? Offerings are special things that we did for Pastor Ricardo, what we do for the deal. This is above your tithe. Now, here's, here's you say, why do we need to do that? Remember last week I told you on tithe, 10% is what belongs to God. There, there, there's no big, huge reward. Uh, windows of heaven don't open on tithe. It just makes you even with God. So 10% belongs to God. Who does the 90% belong to? It does, but who, who, who keeps it? You do. It's yours. God asked for 10%. You keep 90%. Now then, paying tithes shows God you know how to handle His money. But when you give above your tithe, you show God you know how to handle your money. And if you can show God you can handle your money, He'll give you more of it to handle. He said if you're faithful and little, He'll make you ruler over much. And so that's why we give offerings over and above our tithe. And that's what opens the windows of heaven. That's what the Lord says. Uh, he, he said, I'll bless. He said the tithe and the offerings and kind of put it all together. But when you, do, when you give God His, man, that breaks the curse. And then you give offerings above that, then God will bless your part. So we do a lot of special things and we do that. We do a stewardship. We used to do a special offering. We don't do anymore. Many of you mark that now. What is stewardship? Some of you are new. You said, I never even heard that word. I don't I talk about it much. Uh, stewardship is the first hour of what we make. It's a first fruit. The Bible talks about another offering, a first fruit. You give God what's first. They gave God the first fruit, the first, the first grain, the first animal. The first one was belonged to God, and then God blessed all the rest of them. So we do a stewardship. It's the first hour. Not every, all of you do it, but some of you, few of you do it. Uh, that goes to our missionaries. That's what we use to bless missionaries. And so you saw we gave over twenty-six-something thousand dollars to missionaries last year. And uh, that's how we do that. We're through, through first fruits. Now, uh, you want to make more? How many would like to make more money an hour? Start, won't you up your stewardship? If you make $10 an hour and you give $10 in stewardship, why don't you give $12 and see if the Lord will bless you with a raise. I've seen it happen many, many times. Prove God. Stewardship. Then we give our manna house. Manna house offering is an alms offering. It's for the poor. It goes to buy food to feed the hungry. And J- Jesus said, you have the poor with you always, but that doesn't mean we don't. are supposed to take care of them. He said, when you give to the poor, 
you've, if you give to the poor, you've lended to God, and God's in debt to no man. So when you give to the poor, God will bless you. But that's not your tithe, that's not your offering. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's an alms, that's alms for the poor. And so that's what, part of what we do. Another thing that we do here at the Lord's house is our resurrection offering. How many, how many gets excited about resurrection offering? You don't see these hands go up. Somebody's looking around and go, why are they excited about resurrection offering? I'll tell you why. Because they know it works. When you've proved God, when you've seen miracles, every year at Easter, we take a resurrection offering. It's our best offering. We give the biggest offering we can. We combine our tithes, our offering, our manna house, our stewardship. And then on top of that, I mean, we save from now till April, start putting some money back and give the best offering we can. That offering has been anywhere from 20000 to 50000 We do major things with everything, all the stuff you've seen around. This church is paid for 100%. Why? Because of resurrection offering. And it, 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 we own that offering envelope. It says, I'm believing for. And I'm telling you, you've ever filled that out and you've ever put an offering in there and you've ever written it down and you've ever seen those things that you wrote down come to pass, it'll get you excited about that offering. You say, well, I haven't seen it come to pass yet. Keep believing. It's seed in the ground, and it will come back. And so that's something that we do every year. We've been doing it for 15-plus years, and it's part of the culture of the Lord's house. Every time, people come in, and they say, i never heard of that, never done that. But you know what? They haven't seen the miracles that we've seen either. I mean, we've seen physical, spiritual, emotional, families, so many things that God has done, and we've been able to do so many things, uh, and it's just miraculous. That's part of the culture of the Lord's house. And uh, so we, we get excited about those things. So giving is a huge part of the Lord's house. A, a, a wonderful, I love this part of the Lord's house. When my mom and dad built the church, the, the Lord, the scripture that the Lord gave them was Isaiah 2 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow into it. Part of the culture of the Lord's house is that we're multicultural. People ask me all the time, the Lord's house, what kind of church is that? I say, we're a non-denomination, multicultural church. What does that mean? We, we're so unique. We're, we're, we're so special. Do, do, do we have the, the, uh, our nation's thing up there? You could put it up there for me. I haven't, I haven't done this for a while. We, we were, every week we were praying over this. We need to get back to it. And uh, these are all the nations that we're in. We're in, uh, you, you look at those, and we haven't updated in a while. If you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm from a different country here. Let's, let's add it on there. So these are the, the, the nations that we have right here in the Lord's house represented. You are a part of an international, multicultural church. And that is very unique. Not just in Tyler, Texas, but in the world. Most churches you go to, they're predominant one thing. 
But this church was built and founded in the dream of the house of God was us to be like heaven, to look like heaven, to have a little bit of everybody. Amen. To have, to have every nation and every tongue and every color. Amen. To hear all the different languages. Last night at prayer meeting, amen, we were praying and Brother Cody put together a prayer, a, a, a song list and they worshiped in English and they worshiped in Spanish and they worshiped in Bimba, which is from Zambia. Amen. And just to hear those different languages worshiping as we prayed made my heart rejoice because we're a part of something special here at the Lord's house. Do you appreciate that? Or, or, or do you let some prejudices come out and you go, what are those people doing here? Well, what are you doing here? You say, well, I don't really, I don't really like those people. Well, if you can't like them down here, you probably won't make it up there. Because Jesus said, if you, if you can't love your brother that you can see, how are you going to love God you can't see? So it's important as we get to know and as we work together, as we, we, we have something, as we're, 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 we're working with, with different nations and different tongues, and you know, God is working, but what are we working toward? Because the Word of God makes us all one. The Word of God, there's a lot of different cultural differences. You Maybe you eat different foods, you, you listen to different music, you, you like different things, you might speak a different language. But the Word of God, when we come together and we worship together and we hear the Word together and we pray together and we fast together and we give together, amen, we become like Jesus. We're one body. We're the body of Christ. Amen? Amen? We're, we're, we're in, in La Casa del Señor, our, our Spanish church, is not a separate entity. We're all one body. It's just a different service in Spanish. But we're all part of the same church. We, 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 we're praying and fasting and giving toward the same goals. And I mean, what, everyone is important in the Lord's house. No one is any less important than the other. Amen. Jesus loves us all. Part of the culture of the Lord's house is we're, we're big on family. We love our families. We love our spouse. We, we, we want to take care of our spouse and take care of our family. We want to build relationship. As we go into our uh, uh, Love month. We're going to talk about loving God and loving our kids and loving our spouse. And we're going to, and we, 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 we just get down practical and just, just doing things that just, it, it makes your life better. Amen. I want the church to be a blessing to your family. And I want your family to be a blessing to the church. Amen. We've got something at the Lord's house for everybody. We're a house of prayer for all people. If you got babies, we have a nursery and a wonderful nursery keeper. If you got toddlers and you got older ones, we've got a wonderful class for them. If you've got teenagers, we've got an awesome extreme youth group. Amen. If you have young adults, Pivot is fantastic. Amen. We've got something for all the adults. We do stuff for couples. We do stuff for men, stuff for women. We've got something for the whole family. But many don't get involved in the culture of it. You show up on Sunday morning... 
You don't do anything else. And you're missing out on becoming a part of the family. We want you in our family. We we love guests. If you're a guest today, if this is your first time, uh, we're not weird, I promise. A little bit. We're a little weird. (laughs) Uh... But listen, we, 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 want, we love guests and we're going to constantly bring guests and we're going to talk about that in just a second. But we want people to go from a guest to being part of the family. And the only way you can become a part of the family is do family functions. Get to know them. Get to get together. Have fun. And do all the things we want to do. And uh, let, let's, let's move on. I've got to finish. Part of uh, the, the culture of the Lord's house is missions. We are a mission-minded church. We're not a Tyler just only minded, Texas only minded. Amen. The John 3:16 said, "For God so loved the world." He gave a direct command in Mark chapter 16. He said to them, "Go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature." Now, we do that several ways. We've got many missionaries in the church from other places, from here going out. We send people. But many, lots of times it's not necessarily that we send people, but we finance people to go. If you can't go and you give it an offering to help somebody else go, you get the same reward as if you went. And when we stand before God, there's going to be people run up to you and hug your neck and say, Thank you. I wouldn't be here without you. And you're going to go, Who are you? And they're going to say, You gave an offering to send a man to the Amazon, to a village. And he told me about Jesus. And I got saved. And he gets a reward. And you get a reward. Because we are all part of the sending. So we're mission-minded. We're more than just me and mine only. We want to get a world view and a world vision. We want to open our heart to the world and to the hungry. Amen? We want to be a part. We want to go to the world that Jesus died for. We want to be a part. So, so, my, my, so my thing today is be a part of the culture. Don't just, Listen, you're a guest the first time you come. First service, you show up, you're a guest. The second time, we're going to call you family. Now, there's many families after a while. I don't see, is Sister Celia here today? I don't see her today. Her and her family, uh, they're they're joining the church. We can do that next week. I'm supposed to do it last week. But uh, they they said, Pastor, we've been here for a couple of years and we're ready. We just want to publicly say this is our church. But you know what? The second time you show up, I'm, ca- I'm counting you mine. You're a part of the family. And I want you to be part of the culture. So be part of the culture of prayer, of worship, of fasting, of giving, of worshiping, uh, of, of being mission-minded. Come on, get, get the vision of the church. Be excited about the culture. How are we going to grow? Anybody want to grow in 2019? Look around you. Do we have space? Okay, we got another 150 chairs that we can put out. You saw we were almost full, 375 here on uh, Friends and Family Day. So we can fit 400, and then we'll go to another service. But, so we got plenty of room. What if, I mean, we're, we're 80% full.
fool today. What, what if every person this year would say, I will bring someone this year? Just one person. The people we have right now, if we all brought one, we would be packed. What if just half did? Be a part of the culture. Be a part, be excited about the culture. And when you share the church, share it with excitement. Tell them about the culture. When you say, invite people to, to uh, the Spanish church. Oh, you know, uh, on Sunday nights we, we got another service. We speak Spanish there. We have a crazy pastor. He speaks Portuguese, but he speaks broken English and broken Spanish. Would, would, would you like to come? <laughs> They're going to go, uh, no. When you, when you tell people about the culture of the church, when you tell people, we've got an awesome children. Man, our kids have so much fun. They, they, man, Miss Jenny decorates and goes all out. They, they're learning the word of God. I mean, come and get excited. We've got a youth group. We've got a crazy youth pastor. He does crazy stuff. I mean, they've got 40 or 50 kids every week. They've got their own band made up of the kids. And they, and, man, you get the kids excited. I want to go to that. Man, Pastor Marcel on Sunday nights, he's, man, he's preaching the Word of God. People are excited. And after church, they eat tamales. I'm in. <laughs> get people excited. Come on, get excited when you share. When you tell people about the church, come. I mean, what, what, where do you go to church? Well, I go, you know, down here. Where do you go? Listen, man, when people ask you that, you tell them, oh, I go to the best church in town. I mean, we are ever, we've got 14 nations. We've got people speaking all different languages. People look all different. And we all love one another. And we worship together. And we work together. And we give together. We're a part of the culture. We, we get excited about the culture. And we share the culture. But can I tell you something? We can do that. But the, this last step is so important. You can get somebody excited about something, but not give them opportunity to become part of it. Happens all the time. It happens in business. People, people will do business presentations and then not ask for a sale at the end. What was the point of the presentation? I can get up here and preach the gospel, and if I don't give an opportunity... For you to respond to the gospel. Amen. I can preach the best salvation message. And then we never ask anybody if they want to accept Jesus. What was the point? So, when you get out there, you're a part of the culture. It's in you. Amen. You're sold out. And you get out there and you share about it. And you tell somebody about it. Then, invite them to be a part of it. Because people are looking for what we have. They're looking. They want to be a part of a family. That's why people are joining gangs. That's why they join all the different clubs. That's why they do all the stuff. Because they want to be a part of something. And people will come because of the music. They'll come because of the preaching. They'll come. But that's not why they stay. They'll stay because they met somebody. They feel I could be a friend. And they have some kind of relationship. I can't do that part. You've got to do that part. Amen? Last point. Stop being a fuddy-duddy. That wasn't in the notes. I just, that just came to me. 
I looked out here a while ago and Pastor Marce- Pastor Elias said it. Are y'all depressed? Y'all look kind of depressed. Well, why would he say that? I mean, y'all, I don't know. How, I, was, I was there. I was looking at him. I wasn't looking at y'all. I, I, but listen, church should be fun. The last part that I just want to talk to you for a second. The culture. I want the culture of the Lord's house to be fun. It's fun to pray. It's fun to worship. It's fun to give. That's why when I say it's time to give, we clap. But if you go like this. Somebody's beside you going, what's wrong with him? But I promise you, when I say it's time to give, and you put a big smile on your face, and you start going, hallelujah, they're going to look at you and go, what's wrong with him? Nobody ever claps for the offering. I, I, we're the only church that ever, I've never seen nobody else. That's just weird. But it's fun because we know God's favor, God's blessings. It's fun to worship. When we say it's time to worship, come on. I mean, just, just be like this. Come on, come on, invite me. You invite me to worship. Come on. And then get down here. And people are like, what in the world? I, I don't know where they're going, but I guess I better go with them. If all of a sudden everybody just started coming. Listen, make church fun. Make church something that other people want to do. Do something that causes people to want to join you. It might be silly. It might be crazy. It might might not make any sense. But if you'll have fun doing it, other people will want to come and have fun with you. Amen? If you're having fun, people will want to join you having fun. If you do something that other people like to do, they might join you and do it too. It might be silly. It might be dumb. You might not understand it. But if you just do it by yourself, somebody might join you. I don't know. Is it any fun going to church? Is it fun serving God? Is it fun loving Jesus? Is it fun going to heaven? Anybody want to go to heaven? Somebody said, what in the world is going on?
What in the world? You can, you can put that down. What in the world does that have to do with your... Well, first of all, I, I hope I didn't offend anyone. That's, you don't do that in church. Listen, everywhere, everywhere you go, I see people do that at, the, at weddings, at birthday parties, on a ship. I'm everywhere. And people you don't know, strangers, all of a sudden come together and start doing the same thing. Why? Because it's fun. Because people are wanting to express themselves. Because people are wanting to have a good time. Did, did I invite any of y'all to start doing that? Did anybody know I was going to do that? Why did you stand up and start doing it? Cause, because Marcelo did it. Because... Because I was doing something and then Marcelo did it. And then y'all said, well, if he's going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then Dale said, and all of a sudden they're over here. I, I don't, what's that song? I don't know. Go right, go left, kick, turn. It's just a dumb song. The Cupid Shuffle. But guess what? People do it all over the world and they do it together. And they don't even know the person, but they laugh and they do it. And then it ends and everybody goes back to their own lives and their own things. Church is the same way. We're out there in life, we're doing our thing, we're going, and we come in together and we're looking for something that we can do together that's fun, that makes us feel good, something that makes us feel a part of something bigger than ourselves. Church is a family, church is a culture, the Lord's house has a culture, I and mean, it's a good culture of prayer, of fasting, of giving, of serving, of worship, of ministry, and it should be fun. If you're going to be a part of it, put a smile on your face, be happy, and share it with somebody else. Amen. That's what I want to talk to you about today. I've never done the Cupid Shuffle in church, probably won't ever do it again. But you know what? I like to have fun. And I like people to, I like to see people smile. And I like to see people's destiny changed. So we could have all the fun in the world. And you could walk out of here today and die and not go to heaven. It's all about going to heaven. It's about knowing Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It's a song said a while ago. Jesus, you're the center of it all. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If Jesus... Is not the center of it all. If he's not the center of your life, if he's not the center of your family, if he's not the center of your business, if you come to church and you don't have fun, if it makes you miserable, because the Holy Spirit's convicting you, because when you come into the house of God, when you're in right relationship with God, you're going to be excited to worship, to pray, to serve, to give, to love, and it will be fun. So, Father, today as we're here as a family, we want 2019 to be a year of, uh, of, of great reward, a year of your glory being poured out. And, Lord, it's not all about fun. This fasting has not been fun. 
but it's been necessary. We work hard. We put our shoulder to the wheel. Lord, sometimes it's hard to give because we, we, we don't have it. And there's times that it's just, it's hard to pray and it's hard to worship. And, but we do it. Oh, but then there's times that we just do it with such joy. It's fun when we get into the culture of the church, when we're a part of the family. But before you can be a part of the church family, you need to be a part of God's family. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, if I were to die, I'm not 100% sure I'd go to heaven. But I want to know. I want to give my heart to Jesus. Do it right now. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner. I've failed. I make mistakes. I've been doing my own thing. I want to be a part of the family of God. Jesus, I open my life to you today. I invite you to come into my life. Forgive me of all of my sins. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my friend. Today, I choose Jesus. I choose to be a part of the family of God. And I thank you for accepting me. Father, I thank you that you said if one sinner comes home, that heaven rejoices. That if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive. So you have heard our cry today. And I pray, Lord, that we would just... Make it a point to be a part of the culture of the Lord's house. Would you just say this with me? Would you make a declaration of your allegiance to the Lord's house? Pastor, I'm in. I'll pray. I'll worship. I'll fast. I'll give, I'll celebrate the differences, the people in the church. Today, I declare, I am a part of this family. I open my heart to the world, to the mission of this church. And I will. I promise. I'll do my best. Every week. To have fun. And celebrate Jesus. Amen.